0: We are Science Fiction Remnant, a podcast for sci-fi lovers spanning across books, movies, TV shows, and games. This is Season 1,
1: Episode 30, Movie, Pitch Black, 2000, for January 2nd, 2021.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Science Fiction Remnant. Thank you so much for coming back.
1: This means a lot to us. We hope that you find this episode as exciting to listen to as it was for us to create for you.
0: If you like this show and know someone who might like this podcast, please share it. It would help us greatly in growing this channel.
1: You can also follow us on Twitter at SciFiRemnant and share any comments you have about this podcast with your friends and family.
0: And before we continue with the show... Here are our sponsors and collaborators.
2: Hello, potential listeners. My name is The Vern, and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall podcast. On most shows myself, along with some great guests, we will talk about a movie, and then some of the most iconic moments that happened in said movie. On top of that, you'll get bonus shows where I will give you short reviews about new and classic movies. Or I'll just rant and rave about something going on in the entertainment industry. So come check us out. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, most other places. Don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Cinema underscore Recall. And then on Facebook, Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Uh, Don't forget to email us your ad spots to play on future episodes, that email is cinemarecall at gmail.com. Hope to see you around and thank you very much for listening.
0: So welcome back everybody. Um, we have come back after a short hiatus. Um, we got Giancarlos back. Um, yeah. It, it <laughs> Um, I let him talk about what happened well, uh, for you guys.
1: What can I tell you, man? Can tell you guys? Uh, I was watching too, mo- too much of Little Mermaid, and then I went into the deep ocean, met with <laughs> Ursula. I wanted to have a couple of feet, so I started singing, and she took my voice away. But no, since all seriousness, I got some pneumonia, and I'm just recovering, so... It's good to have my Pavarotti voice back.
0: <laughs> yeah. You guys noticed that it doesn't sound quite there yet, but we're, we're ready. Um, and also, it looks like we were tag teaming because um, uh, while he was sick, I got sick too. So Oh,
1: no, you waited till I was recovering.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a pneumonia, but, you know, it, it was okay. So, you know, it, one thing leads to the other, and that's why we took a, a very short break um, from this. But we're back. Um, if you happen to see us on um, YouTube, uh, you notice that um, we got our setup ready uh, to do our uh, first video. This video over here, is, it might not be quite uh, there yet, but we decided to give you kind of like a, um, a sneak peek of what you know our episodes are going to be looking forward, um, uh, looking like going forward.
1: Yeah, it's another way to invite you guys in into our little world here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, uh, we decided to do the episode on uh, Pitch Black. Uh, This is a 2000. um, It was actually released in February 18, 2000. Um, It cost $23 million to make, and it made um, $53.2 million at the box office. So um, it's been 20 years. Yeah, man. It's been a
1: while of the movie.
0: (laughs) And uh, we decided to do this movie because, um, at least for me, uh, it's one of those few movies that I actually went to the theaters and paid a ticket multiple times. Um, not sure if 20 times might be overestimating it, but uh, it felt like it was that many times. It was, it was an amazing movie. I, I really... Really enjoyed this movie. Um, Did you see it at the theaters?
1: Not at the theaters, but I watched it way many times. Um, I I mean, I was back in the Dominican Republic when that movie Mm -hmm. came out. But this movie is well-known, I think on a worldwide level. It's a good action science fiction movie, if you think about it. Yeah. It's quite entertaining. And, I mean, we're not talking about... Something a lot of the ring complicated, but at the same time, I think that that's the beauty of the movie—not being that complicated—makes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it enjoyable for all kind of public. Yeah, yeah. Not only science fiction lovers, but even action movie lovers or thriller thr- thriller lovers. Yeah, Who love it.
0: The the movie is categorized as a as a sci-fi horror. Um, I believe uh, there's a big three-liter component yes. to it. Um, and we're talking about this, too, because uh, everybody that knows me, uh, they know that I'm not big in horror, not, be- not because I can't watch it, because I could watch it, I just don't enjoy them. And
1: We touched that level there before. There's no happy endings most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, there's exceptions, you know, like Alien, Aliens, and, of course, Pitch Black. Um, what what was your, your, your reaction when you saw this movie for the first time? I'm not sure that you saw it at the theaters, but when you saw it for the first time.
1: Well, I mean, when I watched this movie for the first time, I was a teenager. So what took me away and I mean, Vin Diesel was in his big boons Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. in those days, you know, the Fast and the Furious movies. Yes, Yes. So, so he was a figure like, oh, this guy is pretty cool and badass. So... Uh, I mean, I think that the biggest element of the movie, really, is how badass the main character is.
0: Yes.
1: I mean, these motherfuckers ha- uh, has stopped to, to nothing, you know? Yeah. Nothing scares him. He's just like, face on whatever you are, even freaking a titan. Let's go, <laughs> you yeah. know?
0: Yeah, Don't nothing really face him. He's just like, whatever, you know? So, you know, I
1: think that maybe as a teenager, um, as a teenager boy, it imprinted in me the, the fear of strength. Mm-hmm. And 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 really the the lack of fe- the, the 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 fearlessness yes on the character really caught me, uh, and I mean I've liked Pitch Black and really all the Riddick movies I like them all, uh, and it's something that I was telling you uh, Vin Diesel is not the biggest Oscar winner actor or anything, but I think that just like many people for different things. He's very good when it comes to action movies.
0: Mm-hmm. He yes. is a great
1: actor for these kind of movies. Yes,
0: yes, I agree. And, and he
1: has proven that because you look at many movies that he has, and where action is the main component of the storyline, mm-hmm. it'll keep you entertained and interested in what's going on and what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. This movie we we had. Um, I don't know how many we. One is one. One thing is. Uh, it's a fact here we did not watch this movie continuously no uh, just like many others this actually was one of the ones that we had to stop many times uh, because there's a lot of things that um, we uh, were discussing about you know what we were watching in the movie um for I like to think that by now you have seen this movie. If you have not seen this movie, I strongly recommend you go see it. Um, but the movie is, starts with, you know, it's, it's a transport. Um, they were
1: mercenaries, right?
0: Well, here's the thing. Here's another discussion point for you. The, it's a private ship, okay. right, transporting uh, private citizens, people that actually paid. Oh, my um, God. They, <laughs> yes. They actually paid to go from point A to point B. We're watching this really... I, I don't think it was clearly apparent what point A or point B was. Um, I, that,
1: would, I would guess that helium was point B.
0: Well, you know, I was going to say because uh, the, the religious man wanted to go to Mecca. Yeah. So that's the one thing that was clear through the movie. Now, among the... And the, the the people in this ship. Um, we have a what appears to be at the beginning some sort of lawman. Uh later on we discover he's not. And a prisoner. So there goes the first question.
1: Yeah, but, no, that's the when you said that I was like I imagining on myself like you see those buses that come out of jail that look like a regular bus but he's black, white and blue. Uh-huh. So I'm imagining one of those with civils and and, and people from jail.
3: And, and, <laughs> so,
0: what the heck? You, you look at it, and, and everybody's sleeping. They're in some sort of hiberna, uh, you know, hibernation for the long trip. Um, and, and you see everybody there, and there's the prisoner. It's like, okay, w- w- what?
1: And he's the only one that is not
4: sleeping. <laughs> Usually, and you notice Sorry, that.
0: Sorry, I don't understand.
4: Okay, And here's the. The thing that I don't understand is like,
1: if you notice, and it doesn't happen just in Pitch Black, it happens in the other rated movies, mm-hmm.
3: uh,
1: but usually all the mercs or whoever are transporting are in, the, in this cryogenic or hibernation sleep. Mm-hmm. He's not.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> and 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 he did say in the movie, um, you know, when he was doing his uh, monologue that, you know, everybody's sleeping and how this hibernation system works for everybody but doesn't work for him because it's supposed to shut down everything but the animalistic side in you. And he's explaining that he's all animals, and that's why he stayed awake all throughout. Um, Which, if you think about it, that's messed up. Because, you know, imagine if you're traveling, let's, let's not put it that far. Let's say, for example, you're traveling for a year right, in space.
1: I on a, on a spaceship, like not being able to move, restrained for a year.
0: <laughs> That's messed up.
1: <laughs> and how do they fit him?
0: <laughs> so um, the movie, I like to think that the movie starts when the uh, asteroids, uh, or I don't know if it was, I think they said it was a comet, a broken up comet, the uh, passed by, and um, particles of that comet uh, breached the ship um, and you know i like to think that he it, it took some major um, instruments on the ship alongside the captain um, so the ship i guess through some sort of emergency uh, system uh, woke up the the co-captain yeah uh, something like that um, and that's what the whole the whole movie actually started where, you know, now she's awake. They have an emergency. All the alarms are going off because they're, they're venting air. Uh, and when they realize, you know, they, they get to the, to, to the, cap, the cockpit uh, or the bridge, whatever you want to call them, the spaceships, they realize that they're actually on the entering point to this planet, um, which is, it brings us to another discussion that we were having. Um, on reentry, uh, the, the, the ship was falling apart. Uh, and eventually it got to the point when the, there was only the cockpit alongside the the habitat area, which is where everybody was at. Everybody, everything else from the ship was gone at this point. Well,
1: and the habitat area was like half oh. open. So when you're stepping on the habitat area, you can see everything outside exactly. from it.
0: So we were having this discussion and, and I'm sure we're not the only one. We we're watching a couple of YouTube videos where uh, it, it looks like... There, everybody's having the same discussion. Um, during this scene, um, the the cockpit windshield broke. Yes. <laughs> so, first question that we have: Okay, why is not the co captain girl dead? Um,
1: or made ground beef? <laughs> yeah,
0: ground beef. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You guys might think differently. Um, I was kind of calculating, we kind of replayed the scene. Yeah. And I'm trying to see based on what I can see on the movie, what the speed of the ship is going through, which is obviously it's kind of hard to do because you don't, you know, you don't have a, number one is a sci-fi movie. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So all we Mm -hmm. have to go by is what we could see. And what I see on the screen, it wasn't, maybe 55 miles per hour
1: yeah which uh, which brings up more questions uh because then it makes you feel like so why the ship got completely torn apart if it's going 50 miles per hour something so large and sturdy i mean our cars don't rip themselves apart in highway accidents at 70 80 miles so why something so large became i mean shredded trash
0: I think uh, it's, Pete. I think it was a com uh, a, a combination of things. Because uh, during re-entry, you know, during the re-entry in any planet, the friction of the atmosphere is gonna heat the, the ship up. So I like to think, you know, again, this is uh, far-fetching here, that um it broke apart during that phase. And then the final piece that broke off when they're under when they pass that point that the ship actually cooled off um when they're past that point um i like to think that the ship was already weak because normal normally uh, the re-entry wouldn't be at that angle yeah so that their last part that you're mentioning broke off because it was already weak because of the 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 poor angle of re-entry into the planet again i am not a nasa rocket scientist so (laughs) take that with a grain of salt (laughs) but you know that's just me trying to you know maybe being the devil's advocate you know Uh, the other thing is when the windshield broke um i noticed that it's using kind of like the same Yeah, a little thicker, obviously, but kind of like the same windshield that you would see in cars. So when you break those, if you notice that they become kind of like a grain, non-sharp, and they do this on purpose because, you know, when you have a car accident, uh, they don't want you to be injured by the glass. So I guess the question is like, okay, what kind of wind at 55 miles miles an hour might not ground you to like beef? (laughs) But I like to think maybe it will bruise you, at least. And
4: heat on the planet.
0: That—that's another question that I was having.
4: That left me
1: wondering about the the biology of the planet. Mm-hmm. But then again, they have a blue dwarf. They have two suns. This planet have two suns. They have a blue dwarf. And watching many documentaries and reading about it in astrophysics, I've learned they do not generate as much heat as our own sun, which is a tiny drop compared compared to the closest star that we have.
0: I kind of did some minor research here. Um, And we noticed that it had a yellow and a blue. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Now, the yellow one, if I'm not mistaken, it is uh, midlife. So it's kind of like our sun. You know, the, the typical, which I don't know, I mean, how close was this? Because there were different distances based on what we saw.
1: If I'm not mistaken, the, the red one mm-hmm. was further, not that much, but it was the furthest star orbit- oh. in the orbit uh,
4: with this planet.
0: Because the thing is, I think it was more like the yellow side of the spectrum than Mm -hmm. red red are typically new stars so they're typically a little colder but then again this was closer um so if it's a yellow star um it it would we would be a lot closer to that sun i mean they would be a lot closer to the sun than we than we are to our sun yeah so that would be probably the the source of the heat now
1: but we don't really know the size of the sun this could have been a mm-hmm. smaller sun than our actual sun
0: yeah uh, it, although
1: that- although it leads me wondering because still you have this giant planet with with asteroid rings mm-hmm. that is in the orbit right in front of it yeah. so so it, it, it brings a lot of astro uh, astrological questions about what's a hospitable zone uh, how these two suns. Really cre- uh, create an, uh, an ambience where this planet, that it seems far enough. I yeah. think it feels even further than what our Earth is from our sun. Mm-hmm. Really will make it a hospitable zone planet in that system.
0: Now, based But on, I don't
1: think that they put really much scientific no, fact no, no, no. No, into you, the plot of you, the movie. You
0: know they didn't. Um, maybe the writer, if there was a book... Might um, put a little bit more stock into it, but for the movies, I, we know we already got the idea that this is all more, more for you know the the cinematics aspect of it than yeah. than the actual science. But um and the reason why I'm saying yellow is because the the yellows are usually I mean all color suns are usually based on their mass. Yeah. So the colors are based on the mass. So if it's totally yellow, we we can't really tell from from this here. Uh, assuming that it is yellow, it will be the same mass of our sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we look at the movie, we know that you know it might be a little bit, you know, it might be a little red in there. I so, would
1: venture to guess even bigger, so it makes this planet that they are that seems obviously further well, fr- if from it.
0: If it's bigger, it needs to be on the white side, yellowish white. The mass, it, I believe, the mass goes with the color. So red is small, yellow is bigger. Yellow is white, or white is a lot bigger than the yellow.
1: I remember, could, you also have red dwarfs too.
0: Yeah, but th- those are—we're talking about dwarfs.
3: And,
0: yeah, you know that they're—they—they um, they are. I think about twenty-five thousand plus uh, centigrades in temperature for okay. the red. The yellow is—we're uh, talking about six thousand.
1: Okay, and so it will make sense that it's a bit further and still generate enough heat to create... That's what I think. ...a little zone around that area.
0: It's almost, you know, to be honest with you, don't you agree it was kind of like orange?
1: Yeah, they actually didn't waste time on making sure they pictured that. Mm-hmm. And you can actually see the changes of scenery when the blue dwarfs comes.
0: Yeah, because uh, the, the orange is actually uh, 3,400. Uh, okay but we also have two blue wasn't it one was it, nice it's
1: one and one because even though even when they go in the movie later on and they're checking on the little thing that has like all the planets that they actually can simulate the date yeah there's two suns only and they align one behind the other they're blue on the back and then you have the giant sphere with this asteroid belt. The, right reason,
0: the reason why I was confused is because you notice that scene when they're looking at the suns. They're looking on one side and it's one color. They look at the other side, it's blue.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's two.
0: So there's one from this side and one from the other side.
1: Yeah, they, they, they even say it. This planet is supposed to be in perpetual day, daylight.
0: Exactly. So here's where it becomes interesting. Uh, blue has a bigger mass. So. If you let's assume the other one is orange, right? Just for the point of the argument, that one is three thousand four hundred centigrades.
1: But blue shouldn't be hotter because, based on what I've learned, uh, it's supposed to be a dying star. So the 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 mass component is actually not as heavy as the other ones.
0: The the blue, the blue um, is very hot. With helium star, it's twenty eight thousand six hundred centigrade. Okay. So,
4: it's a little farther than the orange one. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: So, regardless, we have a combination of those two temperatures hitting that planet. So, I, I don't know. It,
1: it should have raised the heat when they are on the same side of the sky, right? Yes. I agree with you.
0: Granted, it's not going to burn. The, you know, based on what we saw in there, it's not going to burn the, the surface, but
1: it shouldn't make it livable for human beings to walk over it either.
0: yeah i, I kind of had that question i was I just i mean
1: think about it you go to the sahara desert and you're gonna die if you stay for more than a day outside <laughs> and, and that's just one sun mm-hmm. in our planet just based on the equatorian line that creates bigger proximity to it from our earth that's minuscule compared to the space on on, on outer space So imagine this with two suns, and you tell them that the blue is hotter, and if you think about it, it's not like he's three suns behind the other one. They are very close when they're in orbit, which is kind of funny, because in all the things, too, when they get aligned, they should clash with the gravitational pull.
0: Well, no, I've seen dual suns. Like, if you go to NASA, there's examples of of solar systems.
1: But they say that the dual suns are dancing around each other, and eventually they're going to clash. These things... De- depending on the gravity. These two... Well, the ones that I've seen... Because I've seen some with their dual suns, which mm. makes it more difficult for you to identify planets around them. Yeah, yeah. And what they say is they don't orbit like these two things. These two shits orbit like planets. Like, they, they align and they just go apart again like two other planets. Yeah. And the way that I've seen dual suns, they're dancing around each other perpetually. Yeah. Until eventually they're going to clash. Yeah. Uh, these... The way that they, the, the, they show that the eclipse is going to happen, these two suns are completely apart on the orbit. And then they just come across like two simple planets and go and continue going. And I'm like, yeah, what?
3: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And, and on top of that, you have a planet that looks gigantic. Like it puts Jupiter, Jupiter or Saturn to shame, actually.
0: It, 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 it visualized Jupiter um, with Saturn rings.
1: Jupiter, it's smaller than the sun. This Mm -hmm. giant planet, they show it clearly, is larger than any star. So just that thing getting close to any planet would have pulled that little planet into it. So again, but again, I don't think that they put real science into the plot of the movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) And you know, another thing, um, you know, we're already discussing the temperature uh, on the surface of the planet and how difficult it would have been for them to walk around. Uh, Did you know that during filming? It was actually ten degrees Celsius. Cold as hell. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so like Vin Diesel will go and stand up, running, and they're like, "I'm cold, I'm cold, give me <laughs> the, a coat."
0: <laughs> I, I think I read somewhere that the 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 cast of the um uh of, you know the filming um not the cast but the, the the people that worked in the filming they were actually squirting the cast with like bottles of water to simulate that they're sweating. Um, that would have been. You imagine you being been oh, was... in water and cold. In cold,
1: no. <laughs> <Fuck> no, man, <laughs> screw that shit.
0: Oh man, so yeah, so uh, going past this point. Well, we
1: would... it actually makes sense that they're drinking hardly cores in the middle of the desert and not dying of dehydration.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another thing too. It's like okay, they get there, they realize okay, there's no water. Um, and and one of these guys is is a merc, some sort of mercenary. That not mercenary. He looks like a
1: mixer of mercenary with scholar.
0: Yeah, well, like he, he
1: has relics and old weapons and old shields and like stuff like he got from a museum, apparently.
0: And he has old old like rum and wine
1: inside of a coffin that looks like a mummy coffin.
0: Yeah. So it's like okay, there's no water. Um, ah, well, let's let's drink rum. <laughs> Smart. Uh okay. So, moving on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so, yeah, but, like, they, well, a forceful crash, and there's Riddick tied up, and everybody's seeing, like, what we're going to do, and, like, there's very little survivors.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: There's, like, what, six, six
0: survivors? I, th- I think, though. This, this movie kind of becomes, like, one of your, uh, those kind of movies that when you start watching, you decide, okay, Let's play this game. Who goes next?
1: Mm-hmm. I think it was Seven Survivors and Riddick making an eight in total.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because you have the 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 uh, E-man, they call him, the religious guy. Uh, and he was mm-hmm. with three kids. Then you have uh, this actress girl that you told me that, that you've seen in all their action movies. Oh, Claudia Black. Claudia Black. Then you have the Merc guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he he does a very good role with, for bad guys in all the movies I watch. hmm uh, and the uh, the captain girl, and Riddick, that's mm-hmm. it. Wow! And there was a guy that uh, there was two other guys, but they didn't make it through the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, one one was the captain, and he's the first one that we see die.
1: No, not the uh, captain. There was this guy after the crash. He comes running to the
0: door, and Claudia
1: Black almost slashes face.
0: Oh no, no! But this is this is not from the crash. The, the, uh, I thought this guy was from, I mean, I might be wrong. No, he's from the crash because from-
1: he, he comes running. And he's like, I thought you guys were the only survivors of the crash. And he's mm-hmm. like all suffocated, like he's been running. So he was one of the survivors. So then yeah. this other guy just poke him out of full of holes from the back, shoot him out, thinking that he's Riddick, when he doesn't really look like Riddick.
0: I, I thought that was kind of stupid because, I mean, uh, Riddick, uh, yeah, he wasn't completely bold. Um, I mean, he becomes completely bold later in the movie, but he, he did not have hair. No. And you see someone in front of the back of the head, and you see hair, that's not Riddick.
1: In completely different clothes. <laughs> completely.
0: So, uh, while they're discussing um, what they're going to do um, with Riddick, yeah. um, we see Riddick um, escaping. Mm-hmm. He dislocated his shoulder. Kind of like, I don't know if you guys seen uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Um, did you know that he actually did that stunt himself? Yeah. I
3: don't Ouch. know, man.
0: I don't know. I mean, how much would you pay me for doing for do something like that?
1: Well, with all the videos the movie did, like, <laughs> cut my arms and put two new ones. <laughs> I got the money to pay
3: for them.
0: <laughs> oh, So... <clears throat> He, he actually escaped, and then the movie became more interesting because now everybody is, is thinking that he's going to come back and kill everybody. So now everybody's after or trying to get some clues as to where he's at.
1: And they're just panicking, like, oh, he might be anywhere. And the funny thing is the motherfucker is just creeping around, chilling, <laughs>
0: <laughs> studying them all. That, that, actually, that's kind of, that, that was one of the funny things in the movie. How he's just like, you know, he's just right there. You know, they're talking about him and it's just, you know.
1: All their noses and nobody notices. There,
0: there's a scene when he made up a, a knife out of a bone. And he had the knife onto you know, the, the co-captain's uh, back. Um, he could have just killed her right there. Mm-hmm. And no one would have ever known. Um, and what he ended up doing was just cutting the hair and smelling it.
3: Yep. It, it, Just
1: I think he, he could have get more animal creepy. Yeah. He <laughs> was a blonde mm, hair, <laughs> sexy.
0: So you know we have them now looking for Riddick and also looking for water
1: and also trying to survive.
0: <laughs> so we got this guy. Um, I can't remember what he was. Um, he he he. I think he's the one. He's one of the first ones that noticed. The minor caves that are all over. Yes. Um Was it in the camp?
1: No, that was not in the camp. That was nearby the crash site. So he put like some some kind of tarp to cover him from the sun, and he's just exca- excavating there.
0: Okay, so <clears throat> you're in an strange planet, and you see a a hole
4: in the ground. There lived a the hobbit. <sighs>
0: I mean, I don't think I go poking around holes in my backyard.
1: <laughs> much less on the planet, you don't know what the heck it's there.
0: Wow. Uh, well, you know, I know, you know, it's part of the story, but I, I just saw that part and I was like, uh, you know, I don't know. Pretty smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so maybe he I- was
1: a spelunker or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you know, obviously he goes looking into it and... Um, we don't know what happened. He got pulled over. And oh, was... no.
1: I remember what happens. Because critic, casually, he's just standing right behind him while he's not noticing. And just watches as something just makes a noise. He pokes half of his body into the hole to look at it. And just gets squirmed and just blended into the hole. And gets splattered that... all over it.
0: At that particular scene, we don't see exactly what happened, but there was blood everywhere. hmm
1: and then the other one, Claudia Black, comes in and thinks I really killed him.
0: Yeah. And that's another thing, too. You see this whole fool with blood. I mean, interesting, Interesting. there's no guts. Mm-mm. There's no pieces, you know, battery. There's no remains at all. Nothing. It's just, just blood. blood. However, she looks up, looks at Riddick. R- Riddick is looking down. Blames him right away. There's no blood whatsoever. whatsoever Not a droplet. So,
1: how did she come to that conclusion? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, like if I would have been there with them and I would be part of the story, I was like, "Bitch, if you could have do that shit, we would have been dead already." <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, they 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 caught him after that. They caught Redick after that, and um, at this point, really Redick know what happened. He saw mm-hmm. that happen, and, and and I just found that really funny how he says that. You know,
1: it feels like he knows what's in the planet yeah, well, from the beginning.
0: Based on the storyline, how he's anim- you know, he's, he's, his animal side is strong in him, um, it, you get senses throughout the entire movie on how he's in, you know, in touch with his animal side. Um, knowing that, <clears throat> and how we like to think he's more of a predator, mm-hmm. um, he must be in sync. With what's going on in the planet.
1: Probably. And he tells us from the beginning, when he's actually tied up, he tells Jones, it's not me what you got to worry about. So he knows already what's the problem with the planet, what's in it.
0: And I found that funny too, because you're like, you see them all like worked up and worry about him. And, you know, granted, we, we are seeing the movie that we're not there and they're not seeing what we're seeing, but it's still Still funny. It's like yeah. you know. Okay, they're worrying about this guy. There's a something a lot worse than him. So you know, hurry up and get out. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is. I I think this is where it becomes. You know, where the movie actually starts. Do you think?
1: Yeah, you can say you can say that because after that, the captain Caroline. Mm-hmm she actually decides to go in a little expedition down the rabbit hole where the guy got squirmed and squashed all over, which I didn't find very smart. <laughs> so she just crawls into this fucking hole, covered with blood. And
0: I mean, she there's goes, blood there.
1: Yeah, like all over the place she's crawling around, there's blood of this guy. And when she gets in there... I mean, she
0: she, she really gets in there.
1: Yeah, no, she goes into an underground cave. She goes in
0: and, you know, inside, completely walks
1: inside the cave. And finds one shoe with a piece of foot of the guy.
0: And not necessarily a rabbit's foot. Yeah. (laughs) And then that's when we kind of get a glimpse of... What's in there? Animals, monsters, however you want to call them. Uh they were actually
1: I did some research on what comes a raptor or something mm-hmm. the name raptor is 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 like part of what they are uh and basically these things they do look like uh you can say a mixture of a pterodactyl with a uh hammer bone on the face hmm
3: uh,
1: and they live in perpetual darkness, so that's why they're on the ground
0: how uh- I know that the eclipse happens.
1: They say every every, 22 years. Every
0: 22 years. And it wasn't apparent how long the eclipse, you know. Would last. Would last. Um, It seemed to me like it would be something of a couple of days. A max. Uh, The max?
1: I would say. And I call, I mean, to me, that's still an exaggeration. Because of what you want I discussed before, how fast does that planet yeah, right. cover up both uh suns kind of doesn't make sense that it would have lasted days if it took even a matter of twenty minutes for this giant mass to cross over the sky from the horizon, to yeah. cover the suns yeah so you would have think not really even a day with an exaggeration of time
0: and <clears throat> you kind of you guys should um let us know what you guys think when you watch it, but um. Um, we're talking about the speed at which the, uh, planet, the huge planet that looks like Saturn was covering the sun. Um, and, and it seems to go pretty fast. So it, it seems, I mean, it doesn't matter based on the the size of that planet. I don't think uh, a couple of days. Yeah. I can see how you say that would be max because I mean, it's big, but it's not that big.
1: No. And here's the thing. It's not moving that slow. If the it's eclipse super fast. If the eclipse would have taken over a day to come and happen, mm-hmm. then I would excuse okay, a couple of days to go off too. Another is question- this giant mass moving across covering the suns.
0: Another question that I have is like we have another we have another sun on the other side. Accounting for planetary rotation.
1: Well that's the thing you, you keep on saying there were 3 I just remember seeing 2.
0: Well let's assume there's 2, right? There's on each side of the of the each side of this, uh, mm-hmm. of the sky. One and let's call it east and west, right? For the sake of the argument because it wasn't clearly specified. Yeah. So yeah, it it covers both sun but planetary rotation. You know, one planet is on one side of the sky covering one of the suns. Now with planetary rotation, leads me to believe that at least one of the other suns will be uncovered before the other one is uncovered.
1: Yes and no, because the thing is that based on what they show on the little planetarium where they go into the camp, both suns were aligned, one behind the other. And that's the problem. No,
0: that's, that's the thing. If you, if you go back and um, rewind it, <clears throat> you see there's two, um, which makes no sense to me, there was two yellow suns on one side and one blue on the other. So it's like, okay, based on planetary
4: rotation, I think it would be one day. Yeah.
0: So, but then again, based on this movie, um, we kind of get a sense that it was only one day they stayed there.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: I I mean, I might be completely wrong because there's no sense of time, but... um, if that's the case, then maybe my assumption would be correct in yeah. the one-day thing. But it's still... it, it It's just the way that other planet that was covering the two suns, was the, the, the speed that it was going to was way too fast.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I, I don't know. I, you guys let us know what you guys think. Because um, I, I think it would be... It, it, based on that, it might have been a lot faster than the day. Yeah. And, and this this all happened it seems to be like in like a complete day especially when they're running that's another thing that i was running i, I was wondering they got to a camp they apparently had people there they discovered these these people um they they died right and they at that point discovered that it was because of the animals that come in and at this point they they haven't really figured out uh, oh no actually they figure out because of the the, the, the mock-up that, that it had the, is exactly, conveniently, 22 years since the last time. So they looked outside and they noticed that the eclipse is about to start. They go to, a, they find a, a lifeboat. It wasn't necessarily a big enough ship, but it's big enough to carry all of them. And um, it doesn't have any batteries or any fuel. So now they got to go back to
1: the crash site. The crash
0: site pick up the batteries, and then come back, put it on the, on the lifeboat, and escape. And so they started the run when uh, the sun was going down. And by the time they got there, the eclipse has already started. Question for you. Under
4: that circumstance, wouldn't it be better,
0: assuming that it would be a day, I to, think it's be faster than the day
4: to barricade yourself
0: in there. Barricade yourself inside, maybe inside the the, the lifeboat. Yeah, because we know that you know the other. Well, that's well, the
1: thing. I don't know why these things can identify living forms in everywhere, because uh, they would have destroyed destroyed the lifeboat, and they yeah, didn't want that.
0: We kind of saw that at the at the at, towards the end. Now. I was also thinking they did learn from the old inhabitants, the one that died, couldn't they just prepared the, maybe a room inside that structure to where we, because we already know that they were kind of successful, the people that died before there, Mm -hmm. but they forgot to lock the cellar. Yeah. And they came in through the cellar. Yes. So I like to think that there's, another place in that structure they could be fortified like they fortified this one that doesn't have a cellar or even if it has a cellar you know figure out a way to you know they have soldering they could solder a metal plate or a metal plank into it i don't know i'm just thinking i just think that it would have been better for them to just hunker you know hunker down and wait a day
1: i think i think that that was a smart thing to do but at the same time i don't know if you noticed when they're in the crash site and they're trying to go back into the camp with the batteries, these things actually can poke holes with their po- uh, claws through the metal walls because the the man is laying against the, the metal wall of the ship and this thing just pokes with like something that looks like a knife hmm. straight next to his face, almost cutting his skull. So that leaves you to think there's not really anywhere to freaking uh hide away mm-hmm. unless it's a close cave with way too many rocks we cannot really move
0: yeah.
1: yeah uh so there's no safe place so that's why it doesn't matter what you do if there's darkness they're gonna come and hunt you and they're gonna do it anyways they're gonna rip apart the roof they're gonna break this metal it has to be like steel
3: yeah
1: heavy steel something that would really withstand uh amazingly hot temperatures so something thick that you cannot really penetrate with a knife or even shooting at it. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: So, I, yeah, I guess, yeah, I can I can, I can see that. I, I was just, I don't know, I was just watching that, and I was just thinking, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be better?
1: And if you think about it, it's not like the structure is made, which I found kind of strange, mm-hmm. but the structures are not made with hard or heavy enough materials that even a human with enough tools could really rip apart through these walls. Yeah. Like, even, even with a gold leg or something, you could really break it down. It looks like, I don't know, I find kind of ridiculous. They made these little cams with something that looks like a, a aluminum or sink.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what, do you, what do you think about when they decided to go after the batteries to the, to the crash site and they go on this um, vehicle that is running on solar power?
3: Uh,
1: Well, my thought, when they said that, in my head, I just heard the director saying, let's make the movie far more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So Bible is on.
0: I don't know why not. You know, it it, it, it appears to, especially the person driving the vehicle, it only occurred to them when the light went out and the vehicle stopped.
1: Which is another thing that I found kind of strange. All power sources are fully dependent on sun power, sunlight. Sunlight, yeah. Why yeah. there's not anything that has some kind of reservoir. So it saves some of the energy for nighttime. Uh, if there's nighttime, because that's the thing. They bank on the fact that the planet is in perpetual sunlight. Mm-hmm. But it's not the actual fact. That's
0: not true. I, I, and I think that's what the previous inhabitants of that camp thought as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you look at throughout the entire camp, everything was on solar power.
1: Everything. Everything.
0: I, I don't think they had an actual battery anywhere.
1: Nope. It would, <sighs> All the technologies. Like, if there's no solar power, everything is just dead.
0: Yeah. So, you know, they, they, got, they finally got to the crash site. They, I think the, the, they started running because that's when the, the solar eclipse started. And you can hear these animals coming out. Um, I mean, it's swarms. They're like huge, huge swarms of them coming out.
1: And every single one of them looked like the size of a falcon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that we know that there are smaller ones as well.
1: No, those are the small ones. That's the funny the, thing. The baby. <laughs> I was gonna the winning order. The swarm. Every single one of the swarm, they are like a size of a falcon, which is already scary enough. Yeah. Once they are all done, and pitch black darkness takes over the sky, you see these giant things that are bigger than a freaking lion. Actually, buying.
0: cow size. Uh, yeah, no, they're
1: huge, <laughs> gigantic, but there's many of them, many thousands, I would say.
0: So, I think it was Riddick and the Claudia Black. Claudia Black, yeah. She was. Um, they were left on the. Um,
1: they ha- they haven't made it to the ship yet, where they were going to shelter.
0: And and they're they're both just
4: looking at the swarm.
0: Kind of like I'm perplexed, and and, and we can hear, um, I think, who asked Riddick, you know, what do you see? And he just says, beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, have you thought you want to start running back to the site? Would you expect
1: that from a guy that lacks fear?
0: Well, you know... He doesn't know that shit. Even Claudia Black. She was just there and, the, you know, just cursing I the... Think, I think she was in shock.
1: Yeah. How about her character it was not shock in there? It's like when you're going to be hit by a car and you don't jump out of the way. You're just like looking at it and let it just approach. It's like in yeah. it's a state of shock. So she's not doing anything. It's like really would have to just bitch slap the fuck out of her face. Like, come back to your senses. Let's go. <laughs>
0: And you know we see how they started running all of a sudden, and they have the swarm of these animals after them, um, and they just hit the floor. Um, it appears apparently there was a a ditch in there.
1: It was but, like the track that was made by the crash of the ship.
0: Yeah, I don't think that that really matters. I mean, I heard some um, discussion on YouTube about how they find that. You know, convenient there was a, and then apparently the the you know convenient that there was a, a ditch in there, and then apparently the, the that, that would be a defense against the animals. I don't think that was necessarily true. I think even if there was no ditch, if and if you go down and stay unmoving, I think these animals will not see you.
1: It might be the case unless they step on you and they're not work, walking. They're flying on a swarm. Exactly. So, so even if they bump into you or flying low they might mistake you with the terrain at that speed.
0: Correct. I mean, and we kind oh. of get a sense of how they look. Yes. And and if and, you and
1: it's called, they're called bioraptors.
0: But, okay. That's
1: okay. What, they're, what they're supposedly called. But yeah, I mean, there are some behavioral defenses that you can take to evade really being attacked on spot.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I found that interesting that a lot of people were thinking that was a, a stupid thing of the movie. And I don't think it was at all. Um, I, I think that's just the nature of this this type of creative animal mm-hmm. that it it sees movement. Yeah, you know, and and we were kind of discussing this. Um, they see, I I think so, they have to see some sort of infrared and sonar at the same time.
1: Yes, that's why their sounds they make sounds that sound like whales under the water. If you think about it,
0: o- was it ultraviolet? I think it might have been ultraviolet.
1: Ultraviolet is like the lower gamma light. Yeah. Great light, light, light rays because they live in the perpetual dark under the ground.
0: Yeah. So uh, ultraviolet with whatever sensors they have on their head, and it seems like they're far apart. So yeah. we discover later on there's a, um, a, a blind spot <laughs> based on the position of both of the receptors. Yes. Um, and I think, if you think about it, the evolution of this animal and this planet Maybe that's why they developed that sonar. So when they scream, kind of like a bat, they use that sound. That sound bounces back, and it gives them information of what's in front of them. Yes. So, again. But if you're not moving. If you're not moving, you might be mistaken for a stationary object.
1: A stone, a wall,
0: anything. The question is, how sensitive would they have to be to notice? Because, you know, we can't be perpetually frozen. There's going to be, even when when we stand still, there's some sort of shakiness or movement, movement that we have. And that's the reason when we when you are going to take a photograph, say, for example, uh, the night sky, and you use the B mode on your camera, mm-hmm. why well, you have to use a tripod? So it can yeah. stationary. You can't really take it handheld. Um, and that's why if you want to take a handheld, you want to take anything over 60, uh, I think 60 milliseconds for it to be mm-hmm. steady. So... You know, many things shows us that we can't really stay completely still. So the question is, like, how sensitive is their perception, even with a combination of sonar and ultraviolet, to, you know, how small of a millisecond movement for it to be seen? You know, it could be, it, it, based on what I see right here, maybe it would be 60 or maybe 100 milliseconds yeah before because that would explain as to why you could be well but then again when when he was looking at uh yeah no you're right because there was a scene where they were the, riddick and um
1: and the boy the boy in the sheep yeah
0: they were looking at this thing and this thing was looking back but it wasn't doing anything
1: but there was another one right above them too and he told them don't move and and yeah. the thing was like even like shooting with their with its, with its claw like making movement of attack but not really approaching and and I'm gonna go even further even when you look at a, at a documentary of like sharks hunting in the night
3: mm-hmm.
1: they would not see a freaking octopus that is disguised as a rock in plain sight and this thing it's pulsating and moving very slowly but it it is. Mm-hmm. It's not dead, not breathing. Yeah. So and what a shark use and the on the pitch black of night, sonar. Yeah. So I think it can go unnoticed because at the end of the day on Earth or on any planet, you're still standing on a giant form living organism.
0: Yeah.
1: That is not still completely dead, like not moving. There is um, there. There's still micro movement, even on the environment. Even right now, as we see, we don't feel it because we are already accustomed and 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 we have evolved with this changes. But earth is compl- is moving constantly. Yes. And shaking.
0: It's moving really fast. Yeah. And we don't feel it at all.
1: Mhm. So so I think that that's why these things are not sharp like a laser. You know. They are accurate, but they are not 150% accurate either. So a, st- a, st- a standstill figure, even if it's alive, could be unnoticed if quiet enough. Yeah. yeah. And it seems to me that the Bioraptors are kind of deaf. Because you see many parts where they are like trying to... Even Riddick, he's trying to stand still to, to let them go by. And he talks in very low voice while he's still talking. hmm any other predator that has uh, audible sensory perception would have known already where that thing is.
0: I kind of got the same feeling too. I think I I think the only pers- um, receptors that these animals have have the, like the visual, minimal visual they have ultraviolet and the sonar mm-hmm. uh, with their voice, but there's no real audio they can hear
1: yeah because remember again the sonar kind of it's is a kind of an ultrasound mhm so so even though you can hear it you don't have the receptors that that thing has to to receive those waves on a way that it would allow you to create a visual feel with those waves
0: yeah
1: so much sharks do have it sharks do not emit any kind of sound
0: yeah
1: yeah when they use it even snakes if i'm not mistaken I think that some snakes they do have it, uh, and it's not like they create a sound to emit these waves that will create uh, that receptory wave ba- ba- kickback to allow them to visualize.
0: And they were photosensitive too, which explain why during the day they're completely hidden.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that brings another question too. So that means we have these animals that are underground for 22 years years? Mm -hmm. and they only come out one time every 22 years i don't know what to think about that
1: (laughs) it's like playing the lottery man but in the other way
0: i mean evolution on a planet is supposed to happen you know what's best for you know like the the, let me put it this way the animal
1: they uh, should have have evolved into a way they actually could Withstand some sort of light. Yeah, that's the truth.
3: Yeah, and yeah. I mean they
1: fly, so it leaves you wondering why do they fly if they are some kind of underground living creature?
0: And 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 leads me <clears> to <throat> believe too that they are actually feeding underground for twenty two years. That's feeding else. Off of each other.:
1: Yeah, they feed off of each other. That's 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 certain to me, because you don't see any any other kind of uh, living form, but something that left me a little bit wondering is that it seems that they also go jumpy on the scent or smell of blood.
3: Hmm. Yes.
1: yes. Yet their blood is not the same biological composition of ours.
0: So they have smell. It seems. Hmm. You know, you're right. I mean, now that I think about it, because, you know, it's very clearly apparent, uh, when they are on the way back, you know, it's completely black. And they decided to let Riddick, since he's the only one they could see in the dark, guide them through. Um, this is when we discover, you know, okay, we're gonna, he mentions we're gonna get what? On, you, we're gonna get seen really fast because she's bleeding. And everybody assumed that the pilot was hurt. And he said, no, not her. Uh, Jack. Jack, you know, uh, Jack. Um, it well, was, everybody,
1: a, was a, a girl trying to be passed on as a boy. Uh, not to be uh, taken as weakling or I don't know, you know?
0: Yeah. So I think it might have been... I, I honestly think it was a clever way to provide a shocker for, you know, showing that, oh, you know, who you thought it was a boy, it is actually a girl.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I know some people that didn't like that being a plot twist. You know. For me, it was ridiculous
1: because the voice of Jack was quite feminine from the beginning. Yeah. So it was not even a choker to me. Actually, to me, I don't know if the actress or actor of Jack was a boy, really, in that movie. But it was. It had a delicate countenance. So it could be passed on as a girl very easy. And to me, it looked like a girl, actually.
0: Yeah, I think the, the name was uh, Rihanna Griffin.
1: Go figure. Yeah, it was a girl. Um, and he's, he talks like a girl. That's the thing. When Jack is talking, I hear a girl, a teenager girl talking, not a boy.
0: Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I, I think, personally, that, I think I they're getting
1: r- get, uh, Me too. I think that getting annoyed about that is just being petty. <laughs> Sorry for whoever bothers <laughs> with that. <laughs> it's part of the plot and that's it.
0: Yeah, no. it definitely is part of the plot. Um, and that brings a little, like... A, it's like it's like it's like, like
1: it's like that steering on the pot to tell the crew we are not out in the clear yet. We're yeah. still running a bit risk.
3: Yeah.
1: And yeah. I mean by these heights already, when they took off from the ship, they kind of roll up on these weird uh that glow, glowing tubes
0: oh yeah they're worms they're kind of
1: no 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 they they have these pipes or so like tubes that they were hooked up where the oh yeah the neon,
0: yes the neon yes i remember those yeah
1: yeah and then the professor guy which i never understood this more on the first thing is that when they're in the ship before leaving he just wanted to go and run outside and escape and yeah. i'm like what the heck you want to run away from one or two that are inside the ship against thousands that are swarming outside so i'm like how smart is this guy and then he drops something when they are outside on the pitch black
0: i think it was a a, one of those bottles of
1: no it was like a metal item it looked like the it actually looked like the 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 guilt of a, a lightsaber
0: oh okay okay one of his uh his artifacts artifacts, i don't know but it's
1: like really man you're just gonna put everything on wrist and try to crawl away from that thing and freak
0: out didn't he take his things the the, the lights off
1: yeah he pulled everybody was wrapped in the cables which i think it was stupid ridiculous so he just run away from the center and since it's wrapped on the tubes he just ripped apart the center of it which was lining everybody up so Mm -hmm. everything just was dark
0: yeah, and when he actually got hurt, so we see him, he, he touched himself and come up with blood, and he got, I think, some of it, whatever alcohol he was drinking.
1: From a flask.
0: and from a fl- Yeah, from a flask, and um, lit it on fire to, to, I guess, he wanted to see what's around.
1: Like a pyroman, he just spit up in the air.
0: And that's when we discovered what was all around everyone. They were, which makes a lot of sense. Swarms you know, are the big ones. They're surrounded by the big ones. I mean, there are all kinds all around.
1: Mm-hmm. Of
0: course, he got completely, you know. Chewed up. Chewed up by these monsters. But that's when we get a glimpse of, you know, they're walking around and you see them walking around like nothing's really going around, you know, nothing's going on around them.
1: Yeah. you just tranquil darkness.
0: It, it, it's amazing how, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yep. Yeah. Because they're surrounded by them, and they're just looking, and there's no path. They're probably making a path for them because of the light, because they're photosensitive. Lights
2: mm-hmm.
0: does hurt them, but it's, whoa, they're surrounded. Yep. <laughs> it was really scary. And also, this is an, another part where we missed, we we actually lose another character. John. Um. Yeah, they... they Riddick, was it John?
1: John, yeah, Riddick's <laughs> um, nemesis.
0: <laughs> he picked a fight. Which, why would you pick a fight when? Well, if you think about
1: it, John was distrustful of Riddick from the beginning, mm-hmm. and kind of a quite a sketchy character. If you think about it, remember he was drugging himself on morphine uh-huh. the whole trip along. So he was like a, it was like a merc trying to paint himself as a noble police. Mm-hmm. But he was really a crooked murder
0: and a drug addict. I always thought that he might as well would have picked up a better time to pick a fight. Yeah. You know, wait until you're inside something or you know. I don't know. I mean again, this is a movie we don't know what's inside people's head, but it it just seems logical to me to just wait. The problem The the problem
1: if I'm not mistaken is that he picked a fight with Carolyn, not with Riddick. Mm. And then Riddick intervene. Yeah. And then they go running and he just straight up goes and starts trying to shoot him. So they they become segregated from the group in, middle, in the midst of the dark. And really, really didn't even kill him. Yeah. No. He just let him die on his own with the monsters.
0: Which is another stupid stuff. You know, he's the one of the <laughs> ones that said, you know, to let Riddick, it wasn't completely um, wanting to do that, but he is the only one that could see in the dark. So wouldn't he be aware that it would be at his his disadvantage? Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't know. There's a lot of questions in there. But
1: at the same time, he wanted to screw Riddick over because what he told Carolyn before they took on their mission to go and pick up the batteries and come back in the darkness is like, we're going to let him think that he's let loose and he's coming with us. And at the last minute, minute we should him, which is kind of stupid because the main reason riddick isn't there with him is because he's going for a bounding
4: yeah on riddick's bounty. head and it he cannot at this point he needed to be alive
0: mm-hmm. yeah well you know that we just... but then
1: again we cannot look at much logic on a character that it seems to be losing his own mind
0: Yeah.
3: If
1: you think about it, so why he's gonna be thinking straight and coherently throughout the whole movie? No, that's that's part of the building and evolution of his character too. Is that is degenerative? So it just go getting worse and worse with the progression of the stress or what's going on.
0: Yeah. Uh, Another thing that I found interesting, and I don't know if you you had enough time to notice, and I think I noticed that only. a lot more so because I actually saw this movie in the theater, but lighting throughout 80% or 90% of the movie.
4: Um, If you look at the movie,
0: lighting, there was, the the movie in some parts was completely black, pitch black, hence the name of the movie, where you didn't even have actors on scene. It's just a black screen. And Mm -hmm. that was kind of interesting for a movie because you know in a movie you like to show something yeah when i was in the movie theaters there were parts where it was completely black peach black you know especially in the movies they had to turn obviously the lights so we can see what's being presented on the screen but you had the lights off and what's presenting on the screen is completely peach black mm-hmm. everything is black you know the only thing that i would see was the the lighting under the seat for the movie theater yeah So, I think that's a little... That's interesting. I don't think I've seen that in another movie. Um, But I think that plays perfectly into the horror portion of the movie.
1: And into the immersive part of the movie, too.
0: So, it's like the director is bringing the audience uh, inside inside the the planet. You know, Mm -hmm. speech black.
1: So... At the same way, there were scenes where there was no light that the actors or, like, the characters had on, and you could still see light on the night, mm-hmm. which I found kind of odd, but at the same time, I was like, okay, they want to give us a break to to visualize what's going on. So I didn't want to be overcritical on that.
0: It makes me wonder, and, and this might be my ignorance of the movie business, but it makes me wonder if this would be easier or harder for the lighting department.
1: I think easier because they, there's not necessarily a scene going on if it's pitch black. Yeah, but think like, about it. Imagine that they're just all in underwear sitting on the ch- on the couch doing like, okay, roll faster now. <laughs> and like th- there's nothing going on the screen, it's all black, so like there's yeah, nobody I, really acting, it's just voice acting. Like sound like, effects.
0: Like most of the parts in the movies when we have the actors on screen. Um I like to think that, that those parts might be harder than a normal lit set uh, screen because you have to show the darkness yet you have to show the phase um so i like to think they have i don't know i might be completely wrong maybe the fully lit sets are a lot more harder to maintain Uh, regardless they have to take measurements on the lighting and, and they have to show a lot of shadow uh, on this, on those particular scenes, when mm-hmm. the you know the 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 dark. Not only that, but if you notice, and they use different colors. True. So they have the blue colors. They have the green colors, um, lighting on it. Um, I don't know. I always wonder about that, because um, you know colors, especially when you use those kind of colors, like the very intense colors, they bleed in.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So. Would they probably use just filters? Because that's another possibility. Just use white light and use the filters right on the scene that you want them
1: to. It could be. It could be because it even gives the editors more leverage.
0: Yeah, yeah. If I, they
1: want to change their minds or something, being a white light, they can put a filter in any color.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I was. It's something that I always wonder since I watched this movie in the theaters. Mm-hmm. How how difficult you know is it more difficult for a well lit set uh, or you know a, a poorly lit set would be a lot more difficult to maintain in a movie but you know those are just questions that I have and I don't know anyone uh, you know if someone that is listening the work in the in the business um, reach out let me know I'm I'm really curious about that
1: that's a very good question actually that's a very good question uh, but but like I was telling you so so after that they kind of making it to a finish line now. Mm-hmm. They out with Riddick. He kind of explains really quick that he didn't kill Johns, mm-hmm. and then it's just him, Caroline, Jack, one boy, and the E man, and yeah. and they're not far away. But like, he's actually dragging now all the power batteries on his own while the other ones try to run for the for the lives in the dark.
0: Yeah, and it got really bad to the point where they had to go into a cave.
1: Yeah, and shelter themselves.
0: And shelter down. Which, I have a question on that too, because these are obviously underground creatures. Would it be possible they would be able to hunker down for a day on that cave without those creatures... um, making a hole and get get into them
1: maybe yes maybe no the only thing is that if you think about it if Riddick which is a mere kind of human way was able to roll up a rock these things kicking and beating the heck out of that boulder Mm -hmm. could have just taken it off too and they are not completely sealed from the outside so these animals can still smell them and sense them
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a thing that it, it's apparent that they can smell, and oh, and even stronger is the fact that he said, you know, because uh, Jack was uh, bleeding, and Jack was in the cave. So if there's a sense of smell, um, either they can drill to the cave, or figure out a way to remove that rock, mm-hmm. which is a it's, it's a thing that I that, that I wonder, and then. On top of they, that. And
1: they're not fully stupid animals. Remember at the beginning of the movie, they're pulling Caroline by the rope she was as having, having as a safety? Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: When she was trying to escape through the other side of the hole, she was being pulled into the hole. So these things are smart enough that they have some sort of critical thinking abilities to resolve puzzles of some sort. Yeah. Meaning they can actually get themselves an obstacle out of the way if it means their prey gets to their mouth.
0: Yeah. And, and this leads to another um, another thing in the movie is that Reedy left them in that cave with the promise of going and getting help.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not entirely sure or remember exactly how that help was going to come in, but we discovered later on that what he had in mind was to just leave.
1: Yeah, he actually would have if Caroline doesn't decide to go after him.
0: Another thing, too, you know, she, she follows him. And I think there was, this was a pivotal point in Riddick because, you know, he's trying to get her in. She's, he's trying to teach her a life lesson that, you know, you know, you don't trust anyone, you know, you're out for number one, me, you know, you only trust in yourself, come on, save yourself, look, let me make it easy for you, here's my hand, he even went down to, like, bring her into the ship, and, you know, and to help her out, so, you know, we can escape, and that's when she decided, you know, no, you know, and, and it was also a pivotal point for her, too, because if we remember from the beginning of the movie, she was going to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And that would have been work. That wouldn't be really bad. You imagine if she would have, uh, would have been able to kill everyone else. She would have, be, she would have not last as no. long as she did.
1: She, wouldn't. she would have died.
0: Way, she would have died right away. So uh, it's, it's good that she was prevented from killing everyone. So now why I said it's a pivotal point for that character is because at this point, she realizes, you know, what she did was really wrong.
1: And she's trying to redeem herself. She's trying
0: to redeem herself and and herself. And she says, "No, I will die for anyone here." Mm-hmm. And this story leads to you know there was one of those animals that they came in. Um, there was a really awesome fight scene between the animal and Riddick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got hurt.
1: Yes, everybody's already on the ship, and they are waiting for Riddick to catch up or Riddick stay behind fighting with those animals. So... So she goes back for him.
0: She goes back for him. And again, she's, you know, she's saying, you know, I, I'll. I'll die for, for anyone in the tripulation. I mean, the, the, the um, crew. Uh, the crew. Anyone in the crew. And, and she does die uh, in, in front of uh, Riddick. And I see, I don't know if you see that, but I see it in Riddick's, in Riddick's eyes um, how, you know, that is the ultimate thing you could do for someone
3: mm-hmm.
0: give your life for someone. It is obvious that no one has done anything for him at all. To now jump to the ultimate sacrifice, where someone actually gave, in this case, her life for him, and I think that was a pill hard to take for him. Yeah, and and forced the character to take a different perspective. In yes, life. and if it wasn't for that, I, I don't think he would have come back. And and grab Jack and the and the religious man.
1: No, not at all. He would have just gone on. That's the truth.
0: And I don't know if you know, but well,
1: yes and no. Because remember, when he finds out, but like this will be topic of another movie. But if he finds out that he has a bounty, he leads them where the religious
4: man is. Yeah. So that's what he finds out about Jack. So. But yeah, it kind of
1: gives a redemptive turning point to the character of Reddick. That's the truth. Because before that, he was a guy, as you can see, that doesn't give a fuck about anybody, stay out of my way, go on my pace, mm-hmm. or get out. And and this is... And you, I mean, when, when Claudia Blacks get ripped apart and flown away in pieces, what does he do five seconds later? He stands up. Looks around, like, all right, and then does himself. Nothing like, happened. All right, <laughs> let's get going. Coffee time. <laughs>
0: and, and that was a horrible scene. You know, you, you see her being ripped apart and screaming. Mm-hmm. And both pieces being taken away in flight. Mm-hmm. Um, By a
1: swarm whatever this shit is.
0: And he just stands up like, nothing really happened.
1: Like, after commercials, okay, let's continue.
0: <laughs> so, I don't know if you know this but this movie was supposed to be a standalone movie peach black and you kind of get the sense and all of you you guys can agree with me or, or disagree let me know what you think when you watch this movie or if you ever watched it um towards the beginning you know when you start the begin the, the movie from the beginning and you you go through um the the, the entire movie and you kind of get a sense that this was supposed to be a standalone movie.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when they were filming, and I like to think it's because of, I don't know if it was because of, you know, Vin Diesel's acting, or maybe it was just good writing, but the character of Riddick got really interesting to where, while filming the movie, because in this movie, he was supposed to die at the end. Okay. And they find the character so intriguing that during the filming of the movie, they changed him to where he doesn't die at the end, and they did it open-ended to give a chance for uh, sequels.
1: And the survivors were actually a critical part of playing through
0: the sequels. Exactly. But, you know, I always found that interesting because um, even when the movie ended, they left it with the possibility of a sequel, but they, mm-hmm. they, none of them knew if it was going to happen or not. Yeah. It, it, it's only after the success of the film, they decided, okay, you know, you guys were right in changing the ending of this movie. Um, let's go ahead and do a sequel. So I don't know if it's, maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe it's good writing. And a good acting from, you know, Vin Diesel. Well, yeah. What is your thought? I mean, did you notice? I didn't know that, but um, do you get any feeling onto this fact?
1: Not to be honest, for me, it seems that he played out perfectly. Like I told you, I love all the movies mm-hmm. about Riddick. <laughs> uh, so I think he played out for the best. If he was still alone, I'm glad he, he didn't. Yeah cuz then I don't see how really he would have come mm, playing so greatly that he had a point where to go back to to retrace why he's being chased somehow the people from this movie the e man is connected to him being searched yeah
3: yeah
1: somehow so i think he played perfectly and it give it give more uh, content to the personality of Riddick that just a apex predator animal with no feelings for shit on this world.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He appears to be like that tough guy or anything but he has a soft side too.
0: In earlier drafts of this movie Riddick was supposed to be a woman.
1: Oh go for you.
0: So there's a lot of things that was I mean I I like to think that that was changed earlier um, you know, during the grab. you know but the one thing that I find interesting is the fact that Riddick was supposed to die and that was changed during filming. I, I thought that was the best choice. I think I've so, been...
1: too. I think so, too. I think it's far more cooler that you don't have the dying hero, but you have the guy that... the unstoppable guy, you know? Mm-hmm. God knows if we get another fourth Riddick movie someday. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I would go see it. Yeah. Are we go see it. Um, so you guys let us know what you think. You know, if you watch the movie, if you haven't watched it. If you haven't watched it, go watch it and let us know what you think. Um, and comment, you know, go into uh, you, you can reach us out on Twitter, uh, you can reach us out on Discord. We have uh, the link uh, on the description. Um, and, and just so you guys know, we are a member of the Less Chat Network, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, So just reach us out there. Um, But, you know, let us know. Let us know what you guys think. And um, I hope you uh, enjoy our show. And, you know, stick around for uh, the following shows. Well, this is the end of our show for now. Please let us know if you like this episode.
1: And let us know if you have any idea about which topics you would like us to discuss in our next episodes.
0: Remember. You can follow us on Twitter at SciFiRemnant, and if you like this podcast, share it.
1: And don't forget to rate us in your favorite podcast platform. This will help us grow. Thank you.
0: See you next time. This is Science Fiction Remnant, signing off.